Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. What the hell is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clip and Roll podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Russo. Joining me is Tomara Zarli of Clutch Points. I understand it's been two months since the last podcast. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I took a hiatus. I've been trying to, you know, keep a dog in check. This guy's insane. He's running me ragged. Tomara's been running all over the globe, doing everything from Vegas at Summer League to going, I don't know, God knows where. He's a party boy. He's doing everything he can. Tomer, what's going on? Say hello to the people after so long. It's a hell of an introduction. I'll say that. That was that was that was pretty dope. Thank you. Uh, how's everybody doing? I know it's been a minute, um, but yeah, just been uh, been a busy couple of a uh, couple of uh, months. I think for all of us. So um, yeah, just happy to be back, potting a bit, uh, talking some. Uh, what are we talking today? Anything happened recently? Anything to talk about? Well, we're gonna talk about the schedule today. A little bit about the Clippers off season. Um, first off, I just want to say you said it's been a minute. I, I kind of hate that phrase. It's been a pet peeve of mine for years that that somehow entered the lexicon that saying it's been a minute means it's been very long. Okay. It's been very long since we've potted. How are you, Justin, after so long? After I'm so doing well. I'm doing well. I'm getting like four hours of sleep a night because this dog is, I don't even want to talk about it. Charlie, he's a good boy. I will not slander him in public. Okay. Only Charlie, is his middle name public yet or not yet? No, no, no. His, his middle name is not public. I'm not making that okay. public uh, okay, right it. now. That thing okay. is – I'm saving that for the uh, – that, that's going to come out randomly one day on the podcast. <laughs> Sourced report here. Okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the NBA schedule broke today or got released today. There's been tidbits that have broke uh, the last few days leading up to it. And when I say today, I mean Wednesday, August 17th. If you're hearing this, it's August 18th, which is a Thursday. So if I say today, it's Wednesday. Um, schedule came out today, but in the lead up to it, we found out two very important things. Number one, the Clippers are not playing on Christmas this year. It's the second straight year that they've not played on Christmas. Um, first off, real quick, I'm totally fine with this. I'm fine with not going to the arena on Christmas Day and getting it off. I, I kind of want to know where you feel. Yeah, I would love to not work on a holiday. That's yeah, fantastic. Kind <laughs> of. I'm not going to complain about not having to work on a holiday. That's fantastic. I mean, yeah, they're, not pay, that, they're not paying us um, time and a half. Right. And on top of that, I also do some other social stuff for us. So, I mean, you read out the schedule for me the other day. We have NBA games, NFL games. It is a hectic schedule. So I will gladly um, enjoy it from my couch. You Well, you mentioned it. So there are NFL games because the Christmas Day 2022 falls on a Sunday. Um, most of the NFL schedule for that weekend will be played on the 24th, which is Christmas Eve. Obviously that's a Saturday. There's going to be a few games, three games, I believe three games, uh, played on Sunday, the 25th. And there's going to be the five NBA games. games. It's going to be an action packed day, man. Well, it's going to be busy. Uh, yeah. If we were in the arena, we would have no idea what's going on uh, elsewhere. I mean, usually how it goes for me, if they're, if they're like if during the playoffs, especially if there's like a, a 4 PM game and we have a 7 PM game. I have no idea what happens at 4 p.m. game, unless I'm out there watching during lunch. But most, for the most part, we're kind of locked into our own thing. So it'd be a good chance to kind of watch the other games and, uh, um, you know, enjoy 
the holiday season, festivities, whatever you want to call it. So I'm good with it. Number two, in terms of things that we kind of learned is we learned the dates for the four Clippers Lakers games before the schedule came out. Uh, The dates for those games are October 20th, which is the Clippers opening night, but they'll be on the road for that one. That's a Laker home game. November 9th, that is a Wednesday night. That'll be a Clippers home game. The next one after that won't come until January 24th. That's a Tuesday. That's a Laker home game. And the final one actually comes April 5th, which is also a Wednesday and is also the final uh, of the meetings of the year. And that's also the final Clipper home game that the Clippers uh, will have the Lakers for that year. So that's the second of the two uh, Clippers-Lakers games in LA that the Clippers, I guess, are just designated as the home team. Uh, Whether or not people agree, I always think every Laker home game is no team is the home team. I know Laker fans might think I'm crazy, but it's just a simple fact of you don't have to travel. You're sleeping in your own bed. To me, that's, you know, that's that that's a wash in terms of who the home team actually is. I, I don't know if that sounds crazy or not. I mean, if you get to stay in your own bed, it's pretty much, uh, pretty much home. You get to do your own routine. Like, like it's a home game, you're home. All right. So you have to enter from a separate entrance going to, your locker room would go out a different tunnel like that. That's 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 small stuff. That's not a big deal. You're home, uh, so it's pretty much a home game. I guess the big thing that we kind of learned is, as far as the Clippers schedule goes, last year they had five sets of five and sevens. This year they have none. Already a win. They have no sets of five games and seven nights. That's incredible. Hip hip hooray! You don't have to worry about any of that. Number two, though, last season they had 14 back-to-backs. You think with Kawhi Leonard being back, they might actually get down to like 13 or 12. Some teams got 12. No, the Clippers actually increased in back-to-backs. They went from 14 to 15. The Clippers, Bulls, Warriors, Kings, and Jazz are the five teams that have 15 back-to-backs this season. They're all tied for the most in the NBA. There are eight teams, I believe eight teams, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams in the NBA this year that have 12 back-to-backs. That's the fewest amount of back-to-backs in the league. Um, As far as the Clippers are concerned, just on the back-to-back and five and sevens, I view this more as a win than last year's schedule because while they did go up in a back-to-back sense, they didn't get five and sevens. And that's the thing that ultimately was killing them during the year. Well, the five and sevens, the COVID hits. I mean, it all kind of compounded. So, um, you know, I, that that New Year's trip I remember, post Christmas New Year's trip was just a brutal, brutal trip. Uh, as far as not having guys uh, due to COVID, your coach got sick, few coaches got sick. Um, you had the obviously the five and seven in that. So it was just, it was uh, a lot going on there, but. Uh, yeah, this season is definitely, definitely already much better, given um, given like I said, no five and sevens. Uh, the back to backs you can manage um, because the, if you look at the schedule, it looks it looks a little bit better spread out than last year. I would say, um, maybe that's just my opinion. I don't know, but I see you know a, a few opportunities here with three days off, two days off. So it's, it's, it's there maybe there might be more back to backs than last year, but overall it looks like a pretty much more balanced schedule i would say yeah uh i would actually have to agree it's a little bit more balanced uh 11 of those back-to-backs for the clippers come before the all-star break they have uh four back-to-backs after the all-star break 
real quick, the Clippers play 61 games before hitting the All-Star break, which is tied for the NBA record. And the teams they're tied with the NBA record for, for in the stat in terms of games played before the All-Star break are like a Minnesota Timberwolves team from several years ago and last year's Clipper team, which also played 61 games before the All-Star break. They're playing 61 games in 119 days, which means when they get out of the All-Star break, uh, they'll play, I believe, their final 21 games over 44 days, which doesn't sound too different. But after the All-Star break, the Clippers have one, two, three, four, five, six sets of multiple days off between games, which is just an absolute um, win for them as far as they're concerned. So while the while the stretch before the All-Star break, the first 61 games might be a little you know, rough and rugged in terms of rest and things of that nature and travel, the final 21 are, are going to be where they can make up a ton of ground and solidify their uh, postseason seeding, uh, assuming that they're going to be, you know, healthy this season. You know, that's a big if, but, um, you know, if all goes well, yeah, they should, uh, uh, you know, just, just again, this is why I like the, um, the, the, the printable calendar that I told you about, the, the one that kind of goes on the fridge magnet. Because it, it kind of just shows you all the gaps in the schedule with days off. Um, you know, just looking at the schedule right now, in March alone, they have, what is it, one, two, three, four games with with, with, with two, two at least two days off. Uh, you know, in April, they have two games with two days off. So like, And, it, and they're all just, home games, just, by the way. The, the, yeah, the four in March games. that you said, they're all home games, yeah. Toronto, New York, Warriors, Orlando. Uh, and then you have the Lakers in Portland in April. It's all, it's all pretty spaced out. It's all pretty good. So. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it, again. Even though the the the, the back to backs a little bit up, um, I mean, look, Kawhi and PG weren't going to play every single game. Um, that's not a shocker, you know, to anyone. And you have uh, now you're not going to go eighty two and zero in a season, um, so it's fine. Um, it's it, it's a better schedule than last year. It'll be um, it, it's 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 positioned in a way where if they avoid the play in tournament. They get a pretty significant amount of rest heading into that playoff, um, that playoff uh, first round, first round of the playoffs. So um, it, it looks pretty good so far. Um, but we'll see if, if anything happens, COVID-wise, monkeypox-wise, knock on wood. But um, I, I'm sure the NBA is preparing contingency in case things happen again. But um, it looks like a, a pretty, pretty, pretty good schedule for them. I would say. The other thing here to note with the schedule is, um, as far as last season is concerned. Here, here are the Western Conference teams the Clippers played three times last season. The Utah Jazz, the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Houston Rockets. They played those four teams three times, which is 12 games total. This year, because of the way the NBA schedule works, they're playing those teams four times, which now means they get 16 games against four of what will probably be the, the four worst teams in the Western Conference this year. The Rockets are not going to be good. The Thunder are not going to be good. Spurs are not going to be good. And depending on what you know happens with the Donovan Mitchell situation, Utah already traded Rudy Gobert to uh, Minnesota. But if the Rudy, if the Donovan Mitchell situation, he gets traded, Utah is not going to be good either. That's 16 games against absolutely not good competition. And in comparison to last year, the Clippers last year had to play the Grizzlies Timberwolves, Pelicans, and Blazers four times. They play each of those teams three times now, 
which as everyone knows, the Grizzlies were the two seed last year in the West. So they only get them three times. Minnesota gets Rudy Gobert. So they get better. Only see them three times. New Orleans will be healthier with Zion. Now, uh, they only get them three times. Portland is a wishy-washy one because, you know, depending on, but then again, last year, Portland wasn't good. So you only get Portland three times this year. You know, maybe Portland turns it around the team. As far as the Western conference teams go, that didn't change for the Clippers in that regard. Uh, They played the Denver nuggets and the Dallas Mavericks four times a piece last season. They also played them four times this year. So that didn't really change. Um, and to be honest with you, I don't know if there's a team, like maybe if it would have been Portland instead of Denver, like, yeah, you kind of win that trade off, but it's really just, you're just swapping out one game at that point. So it's not that big of a deal. I just found that to be like an interesting thing. Like, like they kind of got a little bit of schedule luck this year in terms of which teams are bad that they're going to see four times. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't, OKC is going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be that bad. I mean, Again, it depends on when the when the Clippers see them. I don't. I think two of the matches are pretty late in the season, and by that point, they're probably going to be in full tank mode. Um, but you know, Chet Holmgren, uh, Josh Giddy, Shea, Shea Gilders, Alexander, not not a bad uh, not a bad uh, duo right there. And I th- yeah, you see them early, October twenty fifth, twenty seventh. So, um, I mean, they're going to be pretty 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 uh, ready to go. I would say again, they're they're not probably not going to be great, but I don't think they're you know they're just guaranteed losses. Uh, Clippers are. Clippers are a team who have to um, who can't really take take games off. I would say they really need to. Um, they're going to do a lot of testing this year, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they work everything out, uh, especially against these lower level teams. But you talk you talk about the trade off between the Nuggets and the and the Blazers. I mean, if you if you win the games you're supposed to, games like that are not going to matter. Um, you, take, you take care of business at home for the most part. Um, you know, you you win the rest advantage games. You win the games uh, maybe on the first night of a back to back. Um, you know, you never know when those games come up, when you win the second night of a back-to-back shorthanded like you saw last year. So um, you take care of the games you're supposed to. Um, more likely than not, it'll kind of take care of itself in the end. Uh, the Clippers play seven times against Monday Night Football, if you can believe that. Four of those games are at home. Three of them are on the road. I don't... I don't... The reason I'm pointing that out is because I find that to be an interesting schedule thing that they're you know, they're playing at the same time as Monday night football. You and I, you and I talked about that in person last year, as we watched several Monday night football games at halftime of the Clippers game. Well, prepared for me to be complaining about a uh, fantasy on the final day of the week. That's all right. I helped you draft that team. I have two teams. So you have two teams now. I have my clutch points office team and I have a, uh, this is another thing that we're doing. We kind of try to do like a little, uh, well, I, I don't know how much we'll have to say, but we're trying to do something else with it. So, um, I have two teams. Yes, other team in the draft. Yeah, but we're gonna. Uh, we're do we're we're trying to trying to do something with it, but you know it'll it'll be cool. I have a pretty good team, a uh, pretty good team name. Thanks to you. So uh, this probably will be your yeah. team at this point. Shit, you helped me draft pretty it, much the entire thing. It, right, it might as well be my team. Yeah, I'm just I'm just. Here what for, is your uh, biggest? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, what is your biggest takeaway, uh, as far as the schedule is concerned? Just looking at it as it is right now, it's like we're not going to do a super deep dive, at least not right now. Like, what is your biggest takeaway? Like, what do you think this team can do when when total wise, et cetera? The biggest takeaway is that we're going to have to do a lot, a lot, a lot of driving in March, uh, both the facility for practice and for games. Um, I mean, it's insane <laughs> looking at it now. Well, to be fair, it was like that this past season, too. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I don't think you're wrong. But again, just just seeing it and knowing what's coming up, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a pretty pretty busy month, um, given traffic and all that. I'm just complaining about small stuff, but yeah. What's cr- What's crazy is they do not leave the state of California from May 28th. I'm May 28th from February 28th until March 19th. Yeah. They're home for, for a good couple of weeks there. The only two games they have to go on the road are warriors in Sacramento. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not of the mindset that they can get to 60 wins. Um, I'm not of the mindset that they can get to, I don't think they can get to 56 wins either. I think that's a little high. Um, just because I'm, I'm assuming guys will be rested pretty, pretty often and, and, you know, manage pretty heavily throughout the year. Uh, and so I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit 56, but I don't think they're going to get there. Uh, I think 53 to 54 is probably more likely what they're looking at. Um, again, assuming health and, and everything going right, which is a big, big question mark going to seem, but, um, like I said, you take care of the teams you're supposed to. I mean, you start off the season with the Lakers, the Kings. Um, I mean, I don't know how to say uh, anything I say is going to be disrespectful, but I think you, sh- you should start out 2-0 there. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, probably, uh, you know, a pretty good team, so that can go either way. But then you have OKC, OKC. Um, New Orleans, which is a bit of a toss-up, depending on Zion and all that. Uh, Houston, Houston, San Antonio, Utah. Four games in a row that are against pretty bad teams. Uh, and who knows where Utah is in a, in a month or two when with Donovan Mitchell, so. Um, they should get off to a pretty good start to the season. I think that'll kind of uh, help, uh, you know, set the tone for the rest of the season. Um, again, uh, assuming they're healthy, because that that's just going to be. I, I I'm so tired of talking about it, but it's just it's just really what it comes down to. Just staying healthy. I think I when when I tweeted out uh, tonight is on my initial look at the schedule. I didn't go crazy deep on it. That's coming in the next couple of days. But on my initial look at the schedule and just eyeballing it. I put them at 54 wins. Um, it's a lot of back-to-backs, and I just don't think Kawhi is going to play back-to-backs this year. Um, so he's going to sit out one of the games. For instance, like they get a back-to-back the first weekend of the year. Uh, they're at Sacramento on Saturday, October 22nd. They're home against Phoenix on the 23rd. So I kind of don't think Kawhi is going to play that Sacramento game. He'll probably just stay in L.A., and wait for the for, for the team to get back to play that game. You know what I mean? So no, I think it's he'll travel. Like that. I, I don't think he'll stay home. I think he'll travel. If he's healthy. He travel. I mean, he probably he probably will travel. But yeah, yeah this is this is great great Popovich Spurs over here. I mean, look, I wish Pop all the best this year. He seemed he actually had, he seemed like a guy who had fun last my, year. So my man left Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili at home for the Heat game. <laughs> that was one of the most ruthless things I've seen. Um, but yeah, no, it's still I, very I, iconic. If you look at some of the second half back-to-back nights, though, uh, Houston's on the second half, Cleveland's on the second half, Minnesota's on the second half, Utah's on the second half multiple times. What we, where else are we looking at? Um, Sacramento's on the second half, uh, Portland, Toronto. So, like, there's some Phoenix twice. There's some winnable games, um, you know, depending on who they rest and when. Uh, some winnable games there. So, uh, I, I mean, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is seeing uh, uh, the defending champions back here in L.A. Uh, they always get a nice crowd here. Uh, Steph's oh, Steph's one of the most fun players to watch. Um, I think I think I think it was last year in that second game here in LA where he went off for like I want to say like 27 first half points or something like that and missed like one shot. Uh, Clippers ended up winning that game, but that was just such a fun game to watch. Um, 
So, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein's return on, on sorry if you were going to talk about it, but Isaiah Hartenstein's return on March 11th, 2023, uh, an afternoon game, uh, which Isaiah is, you know, more than used to. So um, it's going to be a lot of opportunity. You know, Terrence Mann gets to see his – no, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, there's, wow. there's, there's a lot of fun games coming up. My man was I don't about want to make a really good bear joke. But uh, you know, you know what's gonna happen? It'll get it'll get screenshot or something, and then posted on Twitter, and it's like, look at this guy taking a shot. Like, no, bro, I'm just messing around. Come on. Yeah, don't don't take a shot on Rudy right now. No, Rudy, you know I like. We, we talked about this. <laughs> I'm a Rudy supporter. We, 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 we. Um. So the last takeaway I have from the schedule is the Clippers' first rest advantage game doesn't come until December 10th, which is on the road against the Washington Wizards. And the reason I point that game out is because it's the fourth night in the, it's the fourth game in six nights for the Clippers, but they do have a rest advantage, even though they're traveling because uh, the Wizards will have played the night before. And that is John Wall's first game back in the nation's capital where he played for eight or nine seasons in which the crowd will be there. The first time he went back, he went back as a member of the Houston Rockets. There was no crowd there. They didn't let fans in at that time because of everything going on. Now there's going to be fans. So hopefully John Wall gets a nice ovation, gets treated to a nice video and all that stuff. The reason I bring up that as their first rest advantage game of the season is because I want you to guess when their next rest advantage game is. When was their first one again? December 10th. When do you think their next one would be? December 10th? Well, I know they have single-digit versus advantage games, so I will say, um, I don't You're know, correct, maybe... You're correct, nine. Yeah, maybe maybe a week, a week from there, maybe a week later? No. Their next rest advantage game after December 10th is January 26th. Ooh. Good, uh, nice, nice, nice little spaced out. They end up having four out of a five game stretch uh, in the middle of February and something like three of their last seven games are rest advantage games, even though two are rest disadvantage games, but it's essentially, yeah, like they, they kind of make up for it on the back end. Basically what I'm saying is going into the all-star br- or, or going into mid February, the Clippers have two rest advantage games, which is absolutely astounding to think about. And then the NBA was just like, oh, we got to give them some games that might that might help them against teams that are beleaguered and weary. Here's a couple. Enjoy kind of thing, you know. Um, you mentioned Isaiah Hartenstein's return. Uh, that's March 11th, as you said. Another key date for the Clippers is uh, January 6th at Minnesota. That'll be the team's first game back in Minnesota since. <laughs> don't, don't do the joke. Don't, 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 don't do that. I honestly was like, why is it? Stop, 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 stop. (laughs) Gordon Hayward is not on the team. We don't have to do this. Okay, just relax. Just relax. By the way, uh, fun Gordon Hayward fact for people who don't know, Gordon Hayward's career high is 44 points. He scored that on the literal day of January 6th when all that stuff happened. You can't make that up. You cannot make that up. Imagine if he scored one more point. He probably would have been thrilled. I just remember Steve Kerr. The Clippers were playing the Warriors that night. And Steve Kerr was like, those are the two biggest questions we have to know. How do we stop those people? And how do we stop Lou Williams? 
Oh, that was funny. Uh, Anyways, back to basketball. Um, but yeah, as far as the Clippers are concerned, I kind of see 54 ish wins here. We'll see what happens over the next little while real quick about their off season. What was your big takeaway from their off season? They re-signed Nick Batum. They re-signed Amir Coffey. Uh, they, they brought in John Wall. There was someone else that they re-signed or they, they signed Avisa Zubats and Robert Covington to extensions. There's someone else. I feel like I'm forgetting right now, but they did yeah, all they that got Kawhi stuff. Back. The only well, yeah, they got Kawhi back. Uh, the only player they lost was Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, as of this moment, the Clippers have 14 guaranteed contracts on the roster. They have an open roster spot. Uh, they have one two-way spot available. The, the other two-way spots going to Musa Diabate, the uh, player that they selected in the second round out of Michigan. So they have one guaranteed roster spot open, one two-way spot left open. I feel like the two-way spot probably goes to Xavier Moon at this point, just based on, I, I don't know, just based on a gut feeling maybe. Um, they waived Jay Scrub uh, a little bit ago in the offseason. But as you look at it, this Clippers team is pretty stacked. But just because they're stacked doesn't mean they're going to win a title, even though the odds makers like them to win a title this year. They're uh, one of the three or four highest-ranked teams in terms of odds this year. For their offseason, what grade would you give it? I mean. I'm trying to think of a reason to not give them an A, but uh, I mean, I guess you could probably give them like a B plus just because there's still question marks about the center position. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, they do, they don't have a backup center. Maybe they have a plan. And maybe maybe there's you know there's something in the works. They're just waiting for people to get back from vacations or whatnot. I don't know. Um, I, they've had a pretty good option. They didn't lose anyone uh, outside of Hartenstein, which was big. Um, they didn't you know no no trades really. Uh, so it just tells me that they kind of, they kind of, at least to me, it just says that they kind of believe in this roster. They want to see this roster healthy, and uh, and kind of go from there once they see it. But um, you know, Hardenstein was was a bit of a tough loss. I, you know, it's not it's not gonna be easy to replace because he, he brought something that that uh, I would say no player on that team brought in terms of his his complete skill set. So uh, that's gonna be hard, really hard to replace. But um, they retained Batum. They they you know. Covington didn't even get meetings from other teams because he resigned. Uh, he signed an extension before free agency even started. Um, obviously, John Wall, um, and then you get Kawhi back. So I, I think I'd probably give him like a B plus or an A, A minus. I would say I, just again, just because of that question, uh, that that question mark at the center position. But um, you know, they they did what they what they pretty much should have, uh, and that's improved. So uh, I don't think you're gonna really find many complaints there, if any. See, I don't really want to agree with you, but I do agree with the B plus because I think to get an A, they would have had to retain Hartenstein, which yes, that's not really feasible considering the situation they were in because they gave John Wall the MLE. But if they had been able to somehow do it, if the, like if they had been able to get John Wall for the minimum and they were able to give Isaiah Hartenstein the MLE, then I feel like that's an A. But also... They got John Wall on a two-year deal. The second year is a team option, not a player option. It's a team option. So from their standpoint, it's like, do we want John Wall effective, essentially on a two-year deal? Or do we want Isaiah Hartenstein on a two-year deal? And I, I think you're taking the swing on John Wall potentially, maybe not getting back to the player that he once was, but at least recouping probably 70 80% of that player which will likely, if it happens, be potentially more valuable to them than Isaiah Hardenstein would. 
Um, Roko resigned extension wise, two years, 24 million. Nico gets two years, 22 and a half million. That was with his early bird rights. Uh, Zoo, Zoo had his team option declined and then re-signed for a three-year extension. That was great work by the team. He got three years, $32.8 million, which for a starting center in this league, who's actually a good center, is ridiculous value. Uh, we mentioned John Wall, two years, $13.3 million. And honestly, they got Amir Coffee for three years, $11 million, no options on that deal. And when we're sitting here four, five, six months from now, we might be talking about that as a steal. Yeah, they 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 didn't really they didn't really have any losses this offseason outside of Hartenstein. Everything was a really good move, um, great value move, great long term move, including securing Zubas long term. Like they don't, I have to look at their payroll again, but you know they don't have any um, uh, impending free agents next year outside of Reggie Jackson. Um, so yep. you know, as far as key players, so like for the most part, everyone's locked in. They, it wouldn't surprise me to see Reggie Jackson resign. Uh, to kind of. By the way, uh, by the way, that's not just for key players. That's for all players. Like Reggie Jackson, quite literally, is their only free agent pending unrestricted free agent next year. Yeah, so you're pretty much you're pretty much good at this point. You uh, you don't really have to worry about too much. Uh, again, I, I would I would predict that I would imagine that Reggie Jackson resigns, and uh, all all you know all kind of gets sorted out there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think this team is pretty. Uh, Pretty good, pretty pretty, you know, set set in stone. Unless they want to make a minor move here or there, but getting Wall in the two year team deal for the second option was big because you can obviously get the early bird rights on him. Um, and then then that's you know, again, just fantastic job overall. I guess again, the only reason I would give him a B plus is because of the question mark at the center position. Right now, it looks like it's going to be Rocco and Marcus. So and Nico, um, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. some weird con- conglomerate. I don't even know if you want to if you want Nico to get kind of banging around with the bigs during the regular season. I feel like that's something they, they might try here and there, but they don't want to unleash it until the playoffs. I mean, we didn't see 2020, 2020. He, he did well against Carl Anthony Towns and several other centers, but I think they also do want to preserve Nico. You know what this feels like to me? A team that has a two-year window this year and next and next season, because like all the con we've talked about the contracts, the contracts line up to make this a, at least a two year run, but it's mostly a two year window with the current group of guys that they have and then go from there for the most part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of what it feels like. Give yourself a multiple years here. Um, again, the first year is going to be Kawhi's, you know, return from ACL. So it's kind of, kind of hard to predict or you know, know exactly what to expect. And then the second year of Kawhi, Post ACL is probably the year that you're looking for a, a big return to his his old form, even though you load manage him. And um, you know, I, I would say this year there's, there's pressure to win, but if not this year, it's definitely going to be next year. Like you have to, have to, have to make something happen in uh, one of these next two years. And I will say this is going to sound like a weird thing to say right off, like potentially sounds weird, but let let me explain. This might be the most important year of Luke Kennard's career. Um, I know that seems like a weird thing to put, like kind of bring up right now. Um, especially since last year he shot so well, 45% from three and he shot nearly 45% the year before. Um, he was good for the Clippers last season. He's, if you count this coming season, he has three years left on his deal, but here's why this is the, the most important year for him. 
his so he's under contract for this coming season, the one after, which is 23-24, and 24-25 is the final year of his deal. However, that's a team option. The reason I say this year is the most important one is because his club option deadline date is June 29th of 2023, which means the Clippers have to make an, a team option decision one full year in, in advance for that option. So we will know by this time next year whether Luke Kennard has had that option picked up or declined. Uh, obviously, if he's still on the team or if he hasn't been tra- if he's been tra- hasn't been traded, etc. But this is a very important year for Luke Kennard because you know that's close to fifteen and a half million dollars riding on this year essentially, and it kind of would lock the Clippers into another guy who fits very well around the team as long as he's producing well and as long as he's healthy. So as long as he's healthy, I think they pick it up. And obviously as he's producing well, but this is, this is the most important year of his career. And the reason I bring up that date too, is it's also the same date. The team has to make a team option decision on the second year of John wall. So June 29th of next year, keep on the lookout of that because the Clippers potentially could be celebrating a title and have to pick up some team options. Yeah, I don't. I mean, so yeah, but that, that, that pretty much covers it all. I never thought they were going to decline the team option, given that, um, you know how Lucas developed Thank what you for he's been doing in a forty, in a, uh, 15, 15 million. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's a chance he was going to decline. But, uh, um, but sorry, I don't think there was a chance they were going to decline it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 covered pretty much all of it. You didn't really leave me anything to say. What am I supposed to say? Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't really have too yeah, much to add say, to that. You covered it all. You could just say good talk. Good, good, good talk good with yourself. You, all you did was talk. All you talked, <laughs> I listened. That's right. I mean, you're on a you're on a on a time here. You get you gotta get it out of here, don't you? Um, I mean, more or less, I would like to go pick up dinner. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I think. Eating. Uh, is that important? Yeah. Tell the people what you're eating. What you're gonna go eat? I'm gonna go eat some hot chicken, some some fried chicken. Fried chicken sandwich. No, 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 no. You have they to don't pay you, bro. Why do I have to plug them? They don't pay you. I mean, they might. No, think like a businessman, bro. What are you doing over here? This is a business, man. All right, fine. I'll do it. All I'm right. gonna get Dave's hot chicken. That's what I'm gonna do. Get Dave's hot chicken. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go crazy. Um, and then I'm going to, um, chill. I guess I don't know. Uh, probably analyze the schedule a little bit more. See what I missed. And uh, yeah, there's there's probably a lot in here that I just did not notice the couple times I've looked at it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to take a better look at it. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's too early for me to overanalyze this. I'll just say that it's still, all I can say, all I can say is I hope to God, the into a doom, into a doom, into Into a a doom, into a doom, uh, comes soon because, uh, Boy, this schedule every year is just like, well, this kind of sucks. It's not great. And they need they need that new arena for the 24-25 season so that they can kind of just get a more um, even schedule in terms of travel and stuff and no more Grammy trip and, you know, stuff like that. So the new arena can't yeah, come soon no enough, more. essentially. And, and no, no more, no looking, more Grammy trip. And if you're looking for someone to blame for the Clippers' current situation, just continue blaming Donald Sterling. And I don't say that as like a joke. Oh like, God. no, that's it's actually just his fault at this point because of a bunch of stuff. 
that I don't want to get into. He screwed the Clippers in terms of scheduling. So, yeah, just blame Donald Sterling. It makes life a lot easier. Tomer, tell the good people that you love them because you're going to go out of here. You're going to go eat some Dave's hot chicken, which for you is just Dave's chicken because you get it with no spice on it, which completely boggles my Why mind. Why am I getting Dave's... called out? What What is that? What is this? You go. I like my food a certain way. It's not my fault they need You the go hot to chicken. Dave's hot chicken to not get hot chicken. If a certain, if a, if a place made good fried chicken that wasn't hot, I would go there. But this place, it's not my fault they named it a hot chicken. They should have named it regular chicken. Dave's regular chicken. Okay, we're going to go. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. I'm glad I it's have that. It's not my fault. It, 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 tastes, it tastes good without the spice. I don't, the spice kills it for me. Why, why do I want my mouth burning? It's just, there's no fun in that. I don't actually enjoy the food. I'm just over here sweating. What was the point? I saw you, I saw you that one time when, after the Into a Doom event. We went there. You were sweating I, your ass off. I, I, I was sweating, brother. I got yeah. the hottest one. I was sweating. That doesn't look like fun. What, what, what's fun about that? You're sitting there sweating. You, while you, you know why that's fun? Sandwich. Why? You know why that's fun? I'm burning calories through sweat. No, that's bullshit. No, shut up. That's stupid. You're not actually enjoying it. You dropped you drop 20 bucks to sit there and suffer. That's stupid. That's what you pay, that's what you pay the gym for. What do you think Clippers fans did for many years? Drop well, they didn't 20 pay 20. It was like to five. suffer. Yeah. I mean, yeah, which, you know, by the way, people, if you can make it out to a game this year and get in, get deals on games, go for it. It's going to be a crazy season. Kawhi's back. Uh, season opener is October 20th. That's uh, a Clippers road game at the Lakers. Clippers home opener is October 23rd against Phoenix. That'll be Kawhi's first game back as a home participant at, I almost called it Staples Center, at Crypto.com Arena. Uh, so... You know, just make it out if you can. There's a lot of fun games, especially early in October. Early in October, the Clippers are going to have the season opener. They're going to go to Sacramento to see the number four overall pick, Keegan Murray. They're going to come home for their home opener against the Phoenix Suns. They're going to go on the road to play the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren. They play them twice. And they're going to come back home, play the New Orleans Pelicans, which, by the way, for people who don't know, Zion Williamson has never played at Crypto against the Clippers. He's never been on the road against the Clippers in LA. That's the first time you'll see him do it, assuming that he plays. And the next night, they play number three overall pick, Jabari Smith Jr. of the Houston Rockets. That's an incredible slate of games that the Clippers play in October. I'm pumped. I can't wait. We're still about two months out. Tomer, I love you, buddy. Go get your damn Dave's hot chicken without the hot in it, okay? Hallelujah. That's what you, that's what you would sound like if you actually got hot chicken. <laughs> More than likely. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, guys. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more more pod pod content over the next couple of weeks as the season nears. That's right. No more two month breaks. Everybody, take it easy. We'll see you all later.